0: Welcome to the Fit Drivers Podcast, sponsored by PrePass. Only PrePass provides way station, bypass, and integrated electronic toll payment services, saving you time, fuel, and money while improving safety and efficiency in trucking. Visit prepass.com for details. Welcome, everyone, to Fit Drivers Podcast number five, where today we have Leah Schaefer. Leah is the president and CEO of the National Transportation Institute the trucking industry's subject matter expert on employee, driver, and owner-operator compensation history, trends, and benchmarks. Leah is also recognized as one of the top women to watch in transportation, and she's also known as the sunshine girl on Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking Radio. Welcome, Leah, my good friend and longtime transportation colleague. I appreciate you being here today.
1: Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. It's especially unique for you to be behind the mic and me on the other side. So it's good to be here.
0: Absolutely. I thank you very much. So Leah, um, I want to jump right into our conversation. So it's actually kind of a two-part first question. Would you agree that retention takes attention? And are carers willing to apply that effort what it takes and I know you're a huge driver health supporter, and so the second part of the question is: Do you get pushback from your clients? Because I know you always bring this up in your discussions with them, knowing you to talk about that as part of the retention. So I'm just curious to hear what you have to say.
1: And when you say retention, you mean specifically related to health-related attention, or in general?
0: Well, I, there's two parts to that, but you know, obviously, what you and I are close on is the the health side of it, uh, of doing more for our drivers to help yeah. them and to keep them. Because you and I both, we've been down this path so many times about the, the ROI is there, right? If we spend a few bucks and help them get support and keeping them opposed, to spend 6,000 that we lose so many. So start with the health side.
1: Well, of course, retention takes attention. I don't know if there's a greater advocate for driver retention in the industry than me. And you you and I can arm wrestle over it, Bob, after, after this recording. But in terms of the carriers being willing to apply effort, of course, everyone has good intentions. Uh, when I used to coach drivers after a safety-related incident, I would say, you know, you didn't wake up this morning saying, I'm going to go hit somebody today, or I'm going to... Um, be negligent in my safety practices today. No one no one gets up and goes to work and says, I'm going to do a, a half ass job today. Everyone yeah. really wants to apply effort, but we are talking about a boulder, a mountain. We're talking about Mount Everest as it relates to driver health. And so I think it's overwhelming for a lot of folks. And even with an ambassador like yourself, as you well know, we can be deeply ensconced in an organization and have the answer written on the wall. But in terms of like full company buy-in, I'm not sure it's as easy as it sounds. There's probably reasons for that, and maybe we'll get into them throughout the conversation today, but it's much like all of us making New Year's resolutions to diet or uh, you know, not having health in general be a number one priority all throughout the year rather than just in the month of January. I think that the attention that drivers need for health coming from the company is just such a huge project prospect idea that that it may just be resistance in terms of how can we even get there. So do I get pushback from clients when I discuss driver health? Of course not. I mean, absolutely. I don't think anyone can disagree, especially since we know that half of our driving professionals are on a less than two-year card. Uh, it's not unknown to folks. It's just what I think what's unknown is what is their relationship to that issue? And then I think you and I would probably argue, what is their responsibility to that issue?
0: Very good. Very good. And that's a great lead in, Leah, that I wanted to ask you when you said, yeah, absolutely. You don't get any pushback, but is there one answer that stands out that they say, uh, for example, I was working with a carrier not too long ago, a big national brand and they gave me 25 drivers that were on short-term cards, started coaching them. And of that, you know, I had uh, three drivers to be able to go from a 90 day to one year and made it. So I, I assumed after it was over with the natural progression would be, okay, let's give Bob some more. And the response was, well, you know, Bob, I don't know if I really want to invest in them because I might get them to a one or two year card and they leave me and go someplace else, which is part of the second part which you talked about, that you talk about retention in general. I love what I heard you say one time that that the recruiting process never ends, right? I mean, it's an ongoing communication with those drivers after you bring them in to keep them enthused. So that being said, is there one particular comment that they make? What's the what's the stone wall? You know, what's what's stopping them?
1: I think as I mentioned, partially is it what can I do and then what should I do? Uh might be one component. The other is that they- There are very few companies that we support that have a full-time Bob Perry on staff. And so like many other great efforts that passionate trucking leaders have, driver health can be a second responsibility or a back burner responsibility. It's not the primary role and and effort of one individual. And quite frankly, you and I would say that's okay. It should be everyone's responsibility, but that's the same as driver retention. Many folks have roles that are VP of safety and recruiting two you know, twofold uh, VP of recruiting and retention twofold and retention in my humble, not so humble opinion should be the, the effort of every individual in the company, because there is just nothing that's going to happen at a trucking company without the professional driver. So we absolutely all need to be deeply committed to driver retention. And I think the same as it pertains to driver health, it's really everyone needs to be as strongly supportive and in full advocacy of driver health without throughout the organization. And and that's hard for people. And again, I'm going to keep probably saying this, but think of the entire company, you know, in our country, you know, North America in general, you know, we're in, we're in tough shape all around. And so is everyone going to relate that that need for health from their own perspective and to their driver's perspective are they really going to understand that and be able to carry that flag i'm i'm not sure you know we we could all use some support and and the toughest part of this is as you know it goes well beyond just that annual 5k or the health fair, or the flyer that comes in with your health insurance cards.
0: Yeah, and and, and no doubt, and and I hey, listen, I hear you loud and clear that you know not everyone's going to have a full time wellness director or, or clinic, all those kind of things on staff. But really, a lot of times it isn't all that difficult to do the basic stuff, like even in orientation, give them some basic tips that they can help follow and do. And it's like where I really get going, Leah, is when I read all this information about uh, the technology that they have today, right? They can tell you if that engine's going to blow up on the highway at any time soon and make sure you're not out there and get stuck and all that. But, you know, no big effort to put on helping screen the drivers beforehand. So just simple things like that to give them some education, because one of the things I wanted to ask your opinion about, if you, if you read what the CDC has to say on their side about, long haul drivers about, because of the environment they work on, they're more likely to have health issues because of, you know, what they do, the environment, the job requirements and so forth. So a lot of times, just like in professional sports, they had to come out with new protocols because players want to play and drivers want to drive. So sometimes if you're in an environment that is detrimental to your health, I think that we all, like you say, have an obligation to give them, protect them from themselves, right? They're going to want to drive and when maybe they shouldn't drive. And I just, you know, find that interesting that some carriers, simple steps of just providing I'm st- I'm, I am will say that I'm starting to gain more response from companies to at least take some tips and information, can at least post and put in simple things like when you're doing your pre-trip walk around, right? Why not do your pre-trip refrigerator check and see what's in there because you're going to get stuck. So your thoughts about that, if we're really doing enough and that, that we can really do.
1: Tips and orientation doesn't work for me, Bob. I've been there, done that. That's not enough. You mentioned that I say that recruiting never stops. And I think what you're referring to is the coaching that we provide that, yes, recruiting is a full-time sales and marketing job, but that continues. It has to continue beyond when we have the driver convinced on the job and in the seat and orientation, then retention takes over. And we have to continuously remind our drivers why they chose us, what they like about us, uh, what their friends like about us and why they should continue to stay that to me is it all encompassing driver engagement that driver engagement happens throughout the organization in a variety of media whether it be in messages that come through weekly from someone you know in the company that that's uh, at different times so that you're not like just deleting it like oh that's my safety email or in a a text campaign, in emails, in cards that go home, whatever, this should be a well-varied internal marketing plan to continuously engage drivers. And health is one component of that. You know, the idea of the fridge, I'm not discounting your your advice. Of course, I've heard you say that, you know, you're doing a pre-trip, add your fridge to the pre-trip. I love that, that idea it's just that's not it it doesn't end there you know it comes down to an audit of your machines that are in your drivers room and what you're what you're making available to eat it comes down to what is coming to a driver in terms of benefits for the plan and what health coaching is available i think the greatest key though and and what it when you get down to the nitty gritty we're talking about a partnership with your compliance team and your human resources team. It shouldn't end with them, but they should be at the epicenter. Why? Because your driver's way of life is that medical card. That medical card is tied to all of your systems. If we don't get a renewed card, they're not going to continue to drive. They can't drive for you. They can't drive for anyone. Well ahead of renewing the card, we should be very upfront and open about where we're at, do do that temp check and pre pre trip now, well ahead of that card renewal. And so I think that that is the secret sauce. I think that's the great solution is to pair up compliance and human resources. You know, obviously someone specifically related to health and wellness benefits, pairing up the benefit plan and the the research on the medical card.
0: Well, I couldn't agree more, and that's what I find a lot when I first go in and talk to the companies. They ask me to come in and speak to their drivers or you know, have talks with the HR department compliance and it's nine times out of 10, what you're saying is very true. The compliance department and HR are not really communicating together. And it's always interesting that no one's really tracking how many drivers they have on a short-term card, right? True.
1: You know, I used to do this and maybe things have changed now. It's been a while since I, you know, since I was working fleet side, but I would know once the card was near expiration or that they had gone into renew and had failed. There was no coaching up ahead to say oh i can see you've got hypertension you've got diabetes did you go in to see your doctor for a checkup before you know well in advance of this are we you know taking meds have you done your checks how do you you know what's the likelihood but i don't think that that's it should be restricted to people that we have known conditions because frankly a lot of unknown conditions get diagnosed in at the dot physical and that's where you see a lot of surprises in orientation. Young folks to old, I mean, we, we've had many, many bad surprises in at the hiring level of someone that has an unknown condition. So that that coaching is absolutely necessary. And I've been there. I know that this requires a lot of foresight. It certainly requires more data and tracking, but who better to advocate for data than us, right? So it's yeah. it's necessary.
0: It is. And and you're right. That's the reason I'm always talking to them about preventive screenings and those type of things. And and not that Leah needs a lot of credibility, but for those who don't know, I for I found an email I first met. Leah back in 2008. And so she, you talked about me being ahead of the curve. She was because Leah at that time was in your HR role, right? And you were way ahead of people even today of trying to find out and being on top of when those drivers' cars are going to expire and what what length they had and so forth. And so you've been ahead of this for a very, very long time. And and that's what makes you such a great advocate for the driver. You
1: You know, I, I think one key that we encourage often in our communication here at NTI, that's often missing in this equation, whether it's related to health or any other concern that a professional driver has or that we have for our professional drivers, and that's empathy. I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with folks when they had already failed the physical or they were in orientation, hopeful for this great opportunity, thinking this was the job for them. You know, we kept them on in the hotel week. Two weeks, you know, we really thought it was going to happen. The doctor, the the clinic, you know, they really thought they could they could help this individual and get them get them certified, and ultimately couldn't make it happen. And so that understanding of the experience, of the concern, of the disappointment, um, the pain, you know, many drivers live week to week. That's just the the open, honest conversation about folks. They they live week to week. Not everybody. But many and many are three paychecks away from bankruptcy, you know, many. And so what does not getting recertified do to an individual, to their family, to their well-being overall? If they can't now go back to work and so the more we can do to proactively assist in this process, the better our industry is going to be and I I, I want to give you a few data points you didn't ask for but you know we we look at demographics here at NTI and look at all the push I mean I serve on the board for the next generation and trucking Association of course we 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 know that we are educating young people and and entering them into the industry. The bottom line is that new entrants do not make up for exits in our industry, number one. Number two, the exits are often drivers that do not retire. They age out or they wear out. What's the average age of a professional driver in the industry? It's of an experienced driver, it's 54 to 55. The average lifespan of a driver? You know,
0: well, it used to be years ago. I haven't seen it recently. It used to be years ago, like 63 or 64.
1: It's I think it's lower. (laughs) So if you've got folks that are that are above the age of 60, you know, they're either really lucky doing something right or they're knocking on the door. And so you know, this this is emergency status. And it probably, you know, folks listening or watching this, they may they may question that idea and say, I don't know about that, you know, we've got a lot of drivers, we seem to have plenty of drivers right now, but what's better and more important than the drivers that are in your seats right now, the new driver to bring on to replace who you have, has a learning curve is more likely to leave, turnover remains excessively high in the first year, no matter the company, even six figure paying jobs have extremely high turnover in the first year so you know, we have to treat these things with some urgency. And um, the last thing I'll say on on the data point related to demographics is that they're not getting, they're still not getting any younger, okay? The average age continues to climb and the age groups that drivers fall in, the young folks that we have brought in, they are not staying in the industry. And so the the age of our drivers continues to creep up, which what happens when you get older, Bob? Go to the doctor more, right? right Go to the doctor more, you find more problems. They're not They're not welcoming you in to say, add a, a boy, Bob.
0: Well, they're- you know, I was reading something the other day about Clint Eastwood and they asked him why he kept going. He said, because I don't want the old man knocking at the door, right? Yeah. He's moving, it's the same way uh, with us, but I could talk to you all day, Leah, uh, because you have so many valid points. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention, because you did talk about next generation and I know you're on the board for that. And I've been talking a lot about that Lately that I hope we do a good job of educating because I think that we'd be doing those young folks a grave injustice if we don't do a good job of telling them and explaining to them, you don't want to be like the generation going out now. You don't want to. You want to to retire healthy, make good income. It is a great industry uh, that, you know, it's, it's been so good to so many families, give people a way to earn a living. But when they do fail, it's collateral damage, as you know, for the whole family. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to wrap up. But Leah, if you could say one thing to the folks out there that are listening, HR, benefit directors and so forth, one piece of advice that you could give them on what they could do to at least look at starting and putting a basic program or, or take it. A little more serious to to help stop these numbers from losing so many drivers. What would it be?
1: Yeah, I think to to what we mentioned earlier, taking a baseline query of where you're at today, a temp check now, and looking at the the age of your of the folks that are in your trucks, looking at tenure and um, where we typically lose them. And looking at their, their medical cards and um, identifying and creating a system internally to know who's on a 90-day or less, you know, who you've got on a six-month, a one-year, a two-year, one two and creating systems that work for you. Not every company can can put all hands on deck. Not every company has a team to apply to this effort, but you can do something. It's much like you said, even if it's saying, add to your pre-trip to do a refrigerator check. I really believe passionately, as you can see, that the key to this, this issue is pairing up compliance and benefits or, or human resources. And so if even if you just take a baseline and, and have the knowledge to understand where are our drivers today, and of that pool, what can we do? We, we can't do it all. So what does work for us today to attack this issue today?
0: Leah, well, thank you so much and very well said. And you are my hero. And I thank you so much.
1: He uses all these lines on every girl. Just know that. <laughs> Have a good day and a good week.
0: Thanks, my friend. Only PrePass provides way station, bypass, and integrated electronic toll payment services. Visit PrePass.com for details.